0: Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday Gospels reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob
1: Gallia. And I'm Danny Sullivan.
0: And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast Season 3. We're very excited to be back in a beautiful morning here in Bendigo, Victoria. I don't know where you are located, but we'd like to know. We'd like to know. But also here, before I continue talking, with me is...
1: Hey, how is everyone? (laughs) Danny. (laughs) I was really excited. Last night, I woke up because I was cold. Oh, wow. I know. It's like the first time in a long time that that's happened, but I know that it'll get, we've still got a month left of summer. So yeah. I know it was like a one off and it is going to get into the 30s today, but it was very exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. Actually, I put the heater on for oh. my shower. Because <laughs> I woke up Easy. early and it was cold, but uh, yeah, it's funny, strange weather. Because just a f- few days ago, we were like in forty six, mm-hmm. forty eight in Shep, I think it was like in Shep. There a lot of, lot of heat here, but uh, we're nice, and nice and cool here in a T-shirt, but nice. And so, anything exciting been happening for you, Danielle?
1: I don't think so. My sister has just moved interstate. So, which is sad because I love her, but she lived overseas for like five or six years. So her moving to another state, we're like, okay, it's bad, but it's only a nine hour drive away.
0: Not only a, <laughs> a nine hour drive. <laughs>
1: As opposed what? to like, you know, getting on two planes and having a day of travel and all of that. So
0: but she lived in Timor before.
1: She is- was yeah in Timor Leste for five and a half years and then in the Philippines. for
0: And one. now... Can you say where she is?
1: Oh, she's in Sydney.
0: <laughs> Sydney. 9 <laughs> hours drive. It's like 1 hour flight.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> why
0: driving? Why, why why would you take a 1 hour flight when you can take a 9 hour exactly. drive? Exactly.
1: It's road trip time. Yeah. And you get to go through all like the cities like Wodonga and Canberra.
0: Yeah, and w- Wagga Wagga.
1: Go through Wagga Wagga. <laughs> we
0: well, have very strange names here in yeah. Australia.
1: I love hearing Americans visiting and trying to pronounce Wagga Wagga because it's spelt W-A-G-G-A. They say Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's how it's spelt, but it's not how we say yeah. it. Yeah,
0: so it's a, these are all Aboriginal names anyway. Mm. But we digress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's happening in your life, Father Rob? Well,
0: for me, I'm just in a good place because I'm not traveling as much. So I really feel like, wow, this is so nice. Last year I traveled a lot, I think 150 events. And now this year... I'm just doing 30 and I'm just focusing here in the office. Um, we've just started and um, I think I'm already driving the stuff crazy. So
1: I mean, Chris did walk in today and father Rob was sitting at his desk and I think there was a <laughs> moment of panic. He was just sort of like, okay, to I'll al- sit somewhere else.
0: To, to alpha males, he flexed his chest and yeah, ready, yeah, like, was, what are you doing on my desk? <laughs> but then
1: also he's like, oh, it's the boss. I can't like tell nah. him to leave.
0: No, but it was a passive-aggressive like, oh, okay, I'll sit here then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when it
1: sat in Janine's chair. So I don't know which is more scary, actually.
0: <laughs> but it's a, it's a blessing to be here in the studio, blessing to be here in the office as well. And I'm um, I'm looking forward to a year of creativity. So writing songs, mm-hmm. writing resources for our encounter program, yes, um, uh, which is for schools. Just so exciting. I'm just amazing. What influence we can have, not only when we travel and when we speak in front of people, but but also even from this little office here, in a small town called Bendigo, exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe what we'll do is we'll go through the scripture this Sunday. Um, is a, a beautiful scripture verse, um, uh, ten verses actually. And then, uh, what's the topic we're going to talk about today as well?
1: So today we're going to talk about God loving everyone, not just Christians.
0: Yeah and his love. And how can God, and how can we reflect that love? eh? Mm. So God loves us and loves everyone equally. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to hand over to you um, and we can read the scripture verses, which is Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 48.
1: You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist one who is evil. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, Turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your coat, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to him who begs from you, and do not refuse him who would borrow from you. You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you salute only your brethren, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect.
0: This is again, context where it's taken from the the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is um, giving instructions of, of how to live, uh, like him, <laughs> how to he's he's taking the Jewish law and interpreting it in in the light of of God, the light of the the love of God and neighbor, and so. But as even as I'm reading this, as as you are reading this, as I'm listening to this, and as I read this this morning, it just seemed to me like a a, a list of a litany of impossible attitudes and behaviors. I can just imagine, you know, like the people listening, the Jews listening to Jesus at the time, Matthew, as we often say, is, was written for Jews, for, for Jewish people. So it was written uh, with the assumption that they knew the context of what was going on. So he's quoting Mosaic law and he's interpreting it in the new law, in the law of love, the law of, of loving neighbor and in God. So he's standing there. He's t- telling them, um, the, these things. And I just imagine them just thinking like, Hey, Rabbi! Hey, are you serious? Uh, he's, He's sort of he's telling us to do these things, which seemingly are impossible. And I even would think, like, even sometimes what, what, what people think of us as well, sometimes when we say things, are they even in touch with humanity? Um, is he in touch with our humanity? He's asking us to do things which I know are impossible. And then he finishes off with the, like, the biggest bombshell of all. He says, okay, we've said all of this, but just just a not finishing note, let me conclude. He says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, which is sort of mind-blowing. How are we to be perfect? I mean, there's nobody in this world who is perfect. And, And maybe they're thinking, oh, maybe we'll aim for perfection. No, but Jesus says, no, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's overwhelming now, let alone imagine hearing it like straight from Jesus's mouth like, "Oh yes, like this is what you're doing, but this is what you should be doing, and now go and be perfect." Yeah. Like that's
0: huge. But exactly. And then but the thing is maybe sometimes they didn't understand and we don't understand what what he means by perfection. Okay? Cuz there's like a big difference between perfection and flawlessness.
1: Yeah, so when we're studying this, I actually found this great ancient greek word um which is the translation here of the word perfect can you say um, the word i can't say the word can, it has too try? many vowels <laughs> it is telioi.
0: Telioi. Uh, i don't know i don't yeah. know you could be right so just say it confidently and nobody knows yeah. so know. there's <laughs> this
1: ancient greek word um telioi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with an Australian like, accent, you Yeah, all
1: yeah. the like ancient a Greeks spoke with uh, Aussie accents from <laughs> Bendigo. Right. Um, but it's the word that's used in like, you know, that he spoke and it's in the original translation before it got changed to English is this Greek word, which I'm not going to keep pronouncing wrong. Um, but it's interesting because it doesn't mean flawless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean perfect like... You know, God is perfect, but as humans, we can never be the same perfect as God. Mm -hmm. But this exact translation is kind of like complete or mature or fulfilled, which is what Jesus is saying, like be perfect as you're created to be perfect. So like God created you with a purpose and live up to that purpose. That's the like mature, fulfilled, complete perfection that we're called to. And
0: that perfection is conducive to. It's, it's dependent on holiness. Now, holiness is dependent on being set apart. Yeah. You cannot be perfect because the world is imperfect. But what he's saying is the closer you are to God, the closer you are to perfection as yeah. the Fa- Heavenly Father is perfect. So uh, a requirement for perfection, for Talioli or however you pronounce <laughs> that, is to be set apart, yeah. um, is, is to be um, closer to God. So let's go back again into where this this was taken. He's again on the sermon on the mount, sermon on the mount, and he's there. He's talking to these people, but again, he's he's giving a, a constant antithesis. Antithesis. I don't know how you pronounce that. that. Isn't that's even an English word? It's not even a Greek word.
1: I think this is a really good <laughs> like example of that we're not Bible scholars. (laughs) Like we just (laughs) studied I
0: I did study theology. There's a difference between studying theology
1: and a Bible scholar. Like anyone can do this. I just read like the Ignatius study bible. Yeah. And that's where I get the context and all these other things. So I don't know. Studying the Bible is not
0: no, it's a, it's, a, it's rocket beautiful. science.
1: Yeah, like it's achievable for anyone.
0: Yeah, that's right. as
1: exampled by our lack of speech ability. Yeah. in the fancy. Words.
0: <laughs> so, and how that word comes comes from the word antithesis. <laughs> we, we we can't pronounce that word or teleoli. Anyway, words of the day. <laughs> uh, so. So every time I say taglioli, I just think of pasta. I don't know why. I'm just thinking ravioli, taglioli. I'm getting hungry. Haven't had breakfast. Okay. So he's giving an antithesis right now. So he's saying, look, he's saying one thing, but he's saying, but uh, he's giving an opposite. So he's saying, you have heard it said um, to to do this but i tell you to do this so this some scholars would interpret it as hey he's rejecting the old law and he's giving the new law but we know that that's not what jesus was doing he's he's actually acknowledging he's embracing the ancient law the jewish law and he's in as i said he's interpreting it in the in in the context of of His love, of the love of God that He knows, and uh, into the perfection of His life, Jesus' life, and making it relevant to His time and place. So when he comes to this place, he's just telling them, hey, hold on to the Jewish law, because that is uh, still counts. But I want to take you further. I want you to understand, um, for example, that it's not only about retribution, but there's more to it than that.
1: Yeah, so like with that, for example, in Exodus 21, that's the old law where it speaks about retribution. And it was... Created this old law to set a limit on retribution. So if someone, Mm. you know, came in, example, Sto-
0: stole your sheep.
1: Stole a sheep. You can only steal one sheep back.
0: I'll take one. Still, <laughs> turn the other way while I steal your sheep.
1: <laughs> Just look away. Um, no, but like you can't go and take a whole flock because that yeah. exceeds the crime. Like that punishment is too much for the one sheep that was taken from you. So that a retribution law in Exodus. An eye was, for an eye. Yeah, an eye for an eye was to stop going above what was due or what was kind of yeah. acceptable.
0: So uh, yes, and and then, but Jesus is saying that yeah. saying something different here. <laughs> he's saying before it was equal retribution, but now he's telling us to to love without conditions, and and retribution is conditional love. You know, I will love you until I take your eye that you've taken from me. Mm. I will love you until I have a sheep that you stole from me. And it's almost like the old law gives you permission to hate until justice is served. And this is not what Jesus is about. He's saying, hey, be generous, be extravagant in your love towards each other.
1: And I think another example of this is where it says, you know, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Because again, he knew the audience he was speaking to and they would have been aware that at the time um, the Roman soldiers ruled the country and they could force a Jewish person oh. to carry their bags for one mile. That was They were allowed to just kind of inscript their help without any warning. Um, but then Jesus is saying like go two miles, like don't just do what's kind of expected or don't just do your duty because as Christians we can show that same extravagant love that God shows us, like God doesn't just do what's the duty. He doesn't just do like the bare minimum. He goes above and beyond always. He's so extravagant. And then we're called to kind of reflect that extravagance as well. So go the two miles, do above and beyond what we're expected to do, what we're asked to do, because that's what God would do.
0: Exactly. And to love unconditionally. Imagine someone, you're minding your own business and this Roman soldier comes and says, hey, you, you there, come carry my bag. That happened to me. It happened to me once a bishop did that to me. (laughs) He pointed at me and he just nodded. I don't know how he moved his finger towards me. He said, come here. And then he just handed me his bag and he said carry this for me.
1: Was it heavy? (laughs) It wasn't
0: heavy, but I just thought, whoa, this is like the Roman soldiers. Yeah.
1: Or another example is I was always confused. Um, You know, when every year we read the Passion of Christ and there's Simon of Cyrene who has to help Jesus carry the cross. I was like, why? Like, why does he have to help? He was just kind of standing there minding his own business. He probably wasn't even from the area. He probably like traveled a long way just to be there for the Passover. And then he's being told to carry this cross for a random man on his way to be crucified. But, He had to, he was inscripted by the Roman soldiers and that was a law. They were allowed to do that.
0: And he could have done that begrudgingly or he could have done that out of love. He said, no, you know, you take this situation. I said, sort of this, I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this, Mm. but I'm going to do this with love. I'm going to give this my 100%. Live in that moment, but don't walk uh, with this Roman soldier whom you don't even like. Mm. Um, Don't just walk the mile, but be generous, be extravagant in your love towards them.
1: The word that Jesus uses here is agape, which is the same love that God has for us. It's a self-sacrificial, extravagant, over-the-top, selfless love. It's not just, he's not saying love your neighbor like you would tolerate someone or love your neighbor like you'd kind of love a friend. He's saying love your neighbor with everything you have. Like love your neighbor, your enemies, anyone, just enough to lay your life down for them.
0: And the thing is, we tend to love people conditionally. We love people who look like us, who think like us. But what if we could love people who, uh, who are not like us and we could love them as much as we love others? You see, we, we, we're tribal people, so we love our kids. My dog is cuter than your dog. That's a
1: lie, <laughs> but that's okay. You're I allowed love, to have the wrong opinion. I
0: love my dog more than I love your dog. Cute. Yeah, but you see, this is the thing, and because we're human beings and there's no really other way because we're conditional the way we love. But Jesus is saying, move towards perfection, you know, loving other people. And one person I just um, brought brought to my, came to my mind, there's this woman in Shepparton and she, she, she's just given her life for refugees, you know, especially people from um, from African countries, and the way she loves people, opens her door to them, gives all her money away to them, all her time to them. She does so much and just so generous, and and yet she gets nothing in return, nothing. And no recognition, nothing. And in fact, sometimes they don't even appreciate what, 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 what she does for them. But just I just see the love that she has and uh, I'm just so inspired by it. And this is where we, not are like, a, like her, are not called to only know and to love and to serve people of our own kind and of our own culture and our, our own understanding.
1: So this lady and so many others as well like show that if we love without conditions and we're not exclusive and we don't just love, you know, our people, our tribe, then that kind of reflects perfect love and that is what perfect love looks like. That's what the love of God looks like. And
0: that's what perfection itself, yeah, is is about. It's about loving and loving like God. Um which is impossible really in this life, but we aim for it. We aim for this 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 perfect Perfect love, but perfection is not as we said, it's not superiority and it's not flawlessness, but it is it's a, a perfection found in a selfless love in relationship with others who seek to harm us, or so all people who seek our own help, but this is so much easier said than done. So much easier said than done. I mean, it just it's, it gets complicated. What about, for example, I'm thinking about refugees. You know, who are spent, uh, uh, kicked out of their country, at uh, risk of losing their lives. They finally get, go and get on a boat and come to a country, and then they're finally rejected. You know, they're not they're not welcomed. How is this refugee going to love? Uh, people who rejected them or someone who is same sex attracted, uh, LGBT and, and they just feel like they want to go and be involved in the community, in, in the Catholic community, but some somehow sense or feel that they've been rejected. How are they going to love perfectly in a situation like this? So it is is much easier said than done. So even in rejection, as I said, it is easier said than done. Because what are you going to do? You know, you've been rejected, you've been um, maltreated. And what? You're just going to resign and and just let people walk all over you? It's very little to do with that. You see, love is about not flexing the same muscle as the enemy. Okay, It's not an eye for an eye. It's not a tooth for a tooth. It's, it's about flexing the muscle of love and, and recognizing that we only have this muscle when we are in relationship with God. And so if, if we don't have this relationship with love personified, then it's going to be difficult to love our enemies. It's going to be difficult to, to care for those who, who, who reject us and who put us down.
1: Recently in Australia, like, there's been all over the news this horrific accident that happened up in Sydney. Mm. There was a drunk driver and hit a group of children and three of the children killed were of one family. Mm. And then the, like, you know, news went and interviewed the mother and the mother said that she forgave the driver. Mm. And that is just, like like, I can't imagine the pain she's going through at the moment, but the fact that she could say that and show that, you know, she wasn't going to let this hurt and this, you know, any anger control her, but she was going to flex, as you said, this muscle of love and to forgive this person that has, you know, damaged her, her life and taken the lives of three of her children. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine that, but she chose to say that she's forgiven him
0: Yes, because,
1: you know, that, that is love.
0: And the word she she used, I think, because I was so moved when I I I saw the interview. She said she said I cannot hate this guy. I can. He was three times over the limit for alcohol. He crashed into them. He it was totally uh, avoidable. He was it was absolutely a selfish uh, uh, act, you know. And he because of his selfishness, he killed four people, yeah. three of which were of one family. But these are they're practicing um, Catholics actually, they're um, Maronites. And uh, but the thing is, <laughs> when she said this, she said, "I cannot hate this person." I thought, "Wow." She's been with Jesus. Mm. She's hung out with Jesus. She knows Jesus. Because there's no way, no way you can do this if you have not yourself experienced the love of God and the love of others. Because she knows that at the end of the day, love is more powerful than hate. And hate controls, love liberates. And so pe- sometimes people are afraid to, to flex the muscle of love and hold on to the muscle of hate and division and comfort because of fear.
1: Yeah. And I think that fear, you know, it does hold us back from this love, this love that we're called to, to love like Jesus. And as you said, Father Rob, I think one of those is comfort. Like it's easy to love as Jesus was saying, like people that agree with you or people that are like you, that have the same ideals and, you know, come from the same place and are similar to you, but we're called to love everyone. And fear is the only thing that really will hold us back from that love.
0: Yes. And the scripture says perfect love casts out all fear. Mm. And again, in this woman. And that's what i saw she loved her enemies she well, she's close to perfection in that sense the perfect love of god not because of her own strength but because of who she was with with jesus you know and you could see they're praying and they they're praying for this person and they're devastated i i don't even know i cannot i'm not a parent i don't i cannot know the devastation of losing a child let alone three three at once, you know, and out of that an avoidable situation, but yet she chose love. Mm-hmm. She didn't, she's not choosing to to um, kill this person, to retribute, but at the end of the day, he's already done enough damage. I'm not going to let him control the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. She's not justifying what he did. Not at all. But she's saying, she said, listen, I'm I'm not going to hold hate in my heart. I'm going to flex the muscle of love and then let justice take its place. Sure, I I imagine he's going to go to prison, probably a lifetime in prison. Mm. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to make it my business to hate this person for the rest of my life. But I'm going to choose to love. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they are doing. He forgave his enemies. And so it's not only him telling us this on the Sermon on the Mount, but he's actually showing us this at his worst moment, at the moment where he had every reason to hold on to hate. He chose to love. He chose to be perfect, just as the Heavenly Father is perfect.
1: So this is why we've chosen the topic this week, like God loves everyone, not just Christians, because that's exactly what Jesus told us to do. And that's what he showed us as well on the cross. So I guess what does that, what does that look like and wh- why does God love everyone the same?
0: Well, let's go a bit just one step back. That we, we usually have a song by you <laughs> <laughs> to introduce the subject. Do you have a song that has that you want to sing for us?
1: Um, I can't think of one with the topic of God loves everyone.
0: Oh, you can choose the one which has love. An appropriate one that has the word love. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, we want to hear Uh, a Beatles song. You
1: can do. (laughs) I'm stuck like glue to my (laughs) guy. No, that doesn't even have love in it. I just wanted to sing Sister Act.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is good. That is good enough. Okay, moving (laughs) on. Very nice. Uh, So, uh, again, it's about loving neighbors and loving people who are not necessarily Christian and not God loves everyone equally. Mm. I mean, God's love is unconditional so whether you're a christian or not whether you have faith or not god's not going to love you any less but the thing is all of this sin in our life and and not recognizing and not knowing god uh, um, sort of impedes our capacity to receive the love of god so, God loves us all equally, but not everyone is equally loved because, God, because it, not everyone is. It, God throws love at us, but we don't all receive that love because sometimes our hearts are closed because of sin, because of a lack of knowledge of love, maybe because of the rejection we've experienced in our life. So, we as human beings, through circumstances, but also through our will, can choose to reject that love.
1: Yeah. I think St. Thomas Aquinas says that God loves everyone with the same intensity. So like, yeah, he loves everyone, not just Christians, not just, you know, um, a particular culture or anything. He loves everyone with the same intensity. But as you're saying, Father Rob, it's our capacity to accept that love and how much of that love we can accept as well.
0: Mm. And this is our call, this is our vocation. Uh, one is to grow our capacity to love, and that's where we grow in perfection, but also to be an instrument of helping others grow in this capacity to love. When people look at us, they can see the love of God, and they can see that Jesus loves them. Like um, another person that I was thinking of is a, a, a guy, another guy in Shepparton, Um Azim. Azim is a, a sort of well-known guy in Shepparton. He's a Muslim and he the way he loves the community is unbelievable he's given his life to serve the poor to serve the the broken and and he loves he doesn't distinguish between muslim and he doesn't distinguish between um christian or anything like that he just loves i remember and this is why i mention it i know that jesus is to love but i see such a beautiful a capacity to love in him so we do this good friday um Play or that—that that is the, the passion, uh, the passion play in in the church, and there are a lot of actors involved, a lot of people involved, and we work day and night to have this um, presented to the people, and we pray, and but by the end of it, everyone is exhausted. But you know, every year Azim comes with a truck and go, on a Good Friday and serves fish to all of the actors, all of the people involved, and doesn't charge a cent. No one asks him to do that, but he decides, he says, hey, the Catholics are working hard tonight. This is where I want to serve. And he's a Muslim guy, you know, and there's no agenda there. And there's just this capacity, this ability to love. And he's obviously allowed himself to be loved, to be loved by, by must be a God of love.
1: And I think that that's a really good example of kind of going beyond duty. Like, yeah, he didn't have to feed you, but he chose to. But then he went beyond that by knowing that fish is what, as Catholics, we eat on Good Friday. Like he went out and educated himself and found out. And, you know, he could have just had like fed you whatever he had left over that day. Yeah, he has
0: a kebab shop, so it's all meat. Exactly. He doesn't even serve fish.
1: (laughs) But he chose to go above and beyond, like, you know, any type of generosity. He exceeded all of that. Um, just to feed all the actors and everyone that kind of put this beautiful passion play together.
0: So again, this is our call to love others, to love others equally, to reflect that love, to pour out love towards others. But now the reality is we're going to love others equally, but not everyone's going to receive the love we give. But we can only keep giving, keep giving and and extravagantly. And even when people don't respond, this is our call. Whether they believe like us, whether they're part of our tribe or not, whether they're part of our faith or not, we are to love others generously and extravagantly.
1: Yeah, generously and extravagantly, because that is exactly how God loves every single person. Um, So it's not just our community, our tribe. It is every single person because God loves everyone um, the same with the same intensity. And it's up to us to reject or accept that love and at differing capacities as well. So that is it for episode three of season three of the Catholic Influences podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please get in touch with us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at FYG Ministry or on Instagram where Catholic Influences underscore. And we'd love to hear from you. But until next week, God bless.